Hello, and welcome to episode five of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast all about awesome female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment, and the actors behind these memorable characters. Tonight's episode is our first look at a fantasy series, and I knew this series had to be the first one discussed. Can you guess? Yep, Xena Warrior Princess. It's got a cult following, is fairly well known in popular culture, and it is a lot of fun. Before we get to that, let's check out some news. News. This is a really fun story I saw on Sci-Fi Wire. Artist Matt Burt has illustrated the Disney princesses as modern career women. They are really cool illustrations. You can check them out at the link in the show notes. One of my favorite works of art is by an artist called Carter Johnson, daughter of one of my favorite comic artists, Scott Johnson. Carter created a really incredible illustration of Disney princesses reimagined as superheroes. It makes me smile every time I see it. It actually hangs over my gaming setup. Also, Winona Earps, Catherine Burrell, or Cat Burrell if you're cool, and Tim Rosen starred in sci-fi's made-for-TV movie Lake Placid Legacy. It aired last week, but you can bet it will likely appear on demand or for multiple rewatches over the next few weeks. I watched it live because I like to support the Winona Earp cast where I can. But if you didn't hear about it until now, and you enjoy a campy, oversized crocogator movie, it is a lot of fun. That's it for news today. Let's go ahead and dive into the main show. Xena Warrior Princess is one of the shows that most nerds of any gender have watched. If you haven't watched it, hopefully we'll convert you by the end of the episode. This show ran from 1995 to 2001. As a young teenager, I did subject my sisters to watching it after school most days. They groaned. It's fine. This is one of the first shows I saw as a youth that featured a female warrior and centered almost exclusively around two strong women. It really empowered me. Now, if you're not aware, this show is a spinoff of Hercules' The Legendary Journeys, I believe. It's a historical fantasy set during ancient Greece with mythical gods such as Ares, Zeus, and Aphrodite, warlords, and mythical creatures like centaurs. The show follows the adventures of Xena, played by Lucy Lawless, and Gabrielle, played by Renee O'Connor. Lucy and Renee are exceedingly talented actresses. Some may argue that point with me, but the wide range of comedic, musical, physical, and dramatic roles they had to play blew my mind. They were the right people for this series, I believe. If you ever get a chance to watch their commentary on some of the episodes, I highly recommend it. You get the funniest insights into this series. The show displays a wide variety of episode styles, including exceedingly melodramatic episodes, physical comedy, slapstick comedy, alternate reality episodes, and even musical episodes. The variety of episode formats make it a really fun watch, kind of similar to what Buffy the Vampire Slayer did. The best thing about this series is that it doesn't take itself too seriously. They even mock themselves in several modern alternate reality episodes. It's a really great series if you need something to watch while you're unwinding at night. I've been re-watching the full series on Hulu, and something I noticed is that it is way more adult than it probably appears to be. As a youth, so many of the jokes and situations went way over my head, and I have honestly laughed out loud as a rewatch, 
or sat there with my mouth open in shock, wondering how they got that joke or line through the censors for live network TV. I do know that some of the episodes were censored live, so it is nice to see the complete series on Hulu. All right, enough gushing about the series in general. Let's dive into the meat of this episode and discuss Xena and Gabrielle in depth. I think first we'll start with Gabrielle. Gabrielle joins Xena early on in her journeys when Xena saves her village from a warlord and she fulfills a a really cool role on the show. Initially, she's a bit of a damsel in distress, but one of the things I love about her character is that she was never written to be a weak person. She is intelligent, resilient, witty, and develops into a kick-ass warrior in her own right. Gabrielle is considered a bard on the show. I think her fans call her Battling Bard of Potidia. And uh, she writes scrolls of her adventures with Xena. Her scrolls are often the subject of episodes, and I love that the show alludes to the fact that the reason why we're watching these adventures is because Gabrielle wrote those scrolls. It is a really fun connection to the present day, and I think it immerses the viewer in the storylines a little bit more. Since Gabrielle is adverse to killing, Xena respects that and trains her to use a quarterstaff as her weapon. Gabrielle does eventually have to kill in defense of herself and Xena, but she never gets the bloodlust that Xena once had. A lot of really heartbreaking things happen to Gabrielle throughout the run of the show. In fact, the show covers a lot of really difficult topics. They are not afraid to broach tricky subjects. Gabrielle can and does stand toe-to-toe with Xena, and she is largely Xena's equal. She often encourages Xena, and Xena in turn encourages her to do the right thing, and helps her to show compassion and restraint when necessary. Gabrielle, to me, is Xena's heart, and kind of vice versa. In season four of the series, Gabrielle returns from India, where she met a man named Eli, who taught her the way of love and peace. Gabrielle tries to follow that nonviolent path. However, after Xena and she are crucified, yes, you heard me correctly, Xena and Gabrielle are crucified by Julius Caesar and then brought back to life by Eli. You'll need to watch those episodes, I think. Gabrielle decides that the path is not right for her and she takes up her weapons again. In season five, she carries dual knives. I have no idea what they're called or what kind they are, but they look pretty awesome. In season five, Gabrielle also finally gets her own horse, but that's kind of beside the point. Did I mention that Gabrielle is also an Amazon queen? Oh yes, the Amazons make her their queen. Twice. Tiny little Gabrielle is an Amazon queen. Okay, she's not that tiny. She's 5'4", I believe. But she is tiny compared to Xena. Lucy Lawless is 5'10"-ish. I love that. I think it's something that this show really does well. It isn't afraid to show women in complex roles as controllers of their own fate, breaking stereotypes left and right, and pushing boundaries. So many boundaries are pushed. I think this is probably a good segue into Xena. To me, Xena is one of the most iconic fantasy TV characters in modern history. I don't know if Lucy Lawless, a relative unknown at the time of the show, knew exactly what kind of effect this show would have on pop culture, strong female characters, and genre TV. But she's definitely a household name across the world. Well, at least a household name in nerd homes. Xena is actually a really solid role model if you think about it. 
Xena was very much Ares' right-hand gal before the start of the series, but she turns back to the light side. I think she always had a moral compass, and it just got a little off course for a while. For the run of the series, she goes forward righting wrongs and empowering people. That's probably the first thing that really spoke to me about her character. She inspires people. Gabrielle, Joxer, Amaris, etc., And she's always teaching them to stand up for themselves and to do the right thing. For example, Xena, who had seen and lived in darkness, teaches Gabrielle to fight and defend herself. But that is the sole purpose of her teaching. She doesn't want Gabrielle to fight unless it's a last resort. She is kind of the moral protector of Gabrielle's soul, as well as others around her. Xena is equal in every way to the men on the show. But one of the most compelling things and refreshing things about the character is that she doesn't look down on them. It doesn't become a male bashing fest when it very easily could have been. Xena considers the person and not the gender. Everyone has a capacity for good and evil on the show, and I think that ties really well with our real lives. Our world would probably be a better place if we considered the equal capacity for goodness in everyone. What's that quote? Um... The world is full of nice people. If you can't find one, be one. Yeah, I think that Xena teaches us that on an episodic basis. The relationship between Xena and Gabrielle is one of the most fascinating ones on the show of mutual respect, love, and trust, and snarky humor. You can't forget that. Those two can go toe-to-toe with their wit. I think Gabrielle's growth on the show signified really important markers in their relationship, too. At the beginning of the show, Xena is much more of a protector of Gabrielle. But as Gabrielle grows and develops, Xena sees her as an equal. A helpmeet, if you will. The relationship is complex and has its ups and downs. Remember, this series was set in the 90s, and this kind of relationship was largely unheard of on network television. I love that the series left it up to interpretation by the viewers. You can really make of it whatever you want, really. I wanted to take a brief minute here and discuss some of my favorite Xena and Gabrielle episodes, though. All right, season two, the episode is titled Here She Comes, Miss Amphipolis. Yes, this episode is largely centered around a beauty pageant. It really flexes Xena and Gabrielle's comedic muscles. I guess I should say... Lucy, and Renee's comedic muscles. All right, season two, the episode is titled A Day in the Life. This episode is mostly about nothing, but it really showcases what this show does well. The episode is shot sort of like a docudrama, and all it does is follows the two gal pals along one of their days. And it is one of the lighter episodes and also one of the funnest episodes in the series. Another episode from season two Yeah, a lot of my favorite episodes were in season two. Uh, This one was called The Quest. While Gabrielle is dealing with Xena's death. Yeah, Xena dies several times on this show. Uh, Xena's spirit enlists Autolycus, who is kind of like, I would say he's sort of like Robin Hood. Anyway, uh, she enlists Autolycus to help her out on a quest, and she shares his body with him. And there are some really amusing results to that. Another one of my favorite episodes is season three, episode titled The Bittersweet. 
it is one of the really solidly done musical episodes. Zena and Gabrielle are at odds over the death of their respective children. There is so much drama here. Again, go watch the series for the details on this. But they end up together in some sort of magical land called Elusia. It is a lot of fun to watch and is a really touching episode. It sort of brings them back together from the odds that they were facing. The episode even scored its own CD, and I think the actors did really well with the singing on it. Lastly, season five, the episode is titled Animal Attraction. It's one of my most recent favorites. This one involves an injured horse, some relationship advice, a pregnancy possibly, some really funny moments, and a lot of Xena and Gabrielle firing one-liners off left and right at each other. It is a lot of fun. There are so many other episodes, but those are just a handful of my favorites. In the end, This series has held up fairly well over the years, as long as you don't try to take it too seriously. If you do, stop. Stop right now. The series doesn't take itself seriously, and neither should you. It winks at itself and its goofiness, and you should try that too. You just might get inspired to empower those around you like Xena. Just try to avoid hitting anyone with a chakram. Alright, that brings us to the recommendations for this episode. If you have Hulu, I'd encourage you to give Xena Warrior Princess a chance. It it really is a ton of fun. You could probably also buy the series for a decent price on the interwebs, if you're so inclined. If you like this type of melodramatic series, I would also like to recommend a super cheesy and yet surprisingly fun Canadian series called Relic Hunter. It's a short three seasons and features a feisty female lead played by Tia Carrere, uh, I think true lies fame. The only way I can think to describe it is Tomb Raider meets Bad Historian meets Xena. I don't know why, but it is a fun series to watch through at least once or twice. All right, it's that time to throw the chakram over to you. Gently, kind audience. Do you have a favorite 90s fantasy series that you think I should check out? Send me a message on our contact page on the website, www.lasersandlocketspod.com. Tweet it to at laserslockets, or join us over on our Discord channel. You can find the link in the show notes. We'll see you back here in two weeks for another episode. Hopefully we'll catch you riding Argo around the countryside or perfecting your Xena battle cry. It's okay. I won't tell anyone that's what you're really doing in the car instead of yelling at other drivers. Until next time, get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. (laughs) 